plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily podcast on the Miami Dolphins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins, and welcome in to the Wednesday, September the 13th edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast. I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and I'm here to bring you your daily dose of Miami Dolphins football. On today's show, the Dolphins return back to practice, but in unfamiliar territory. Coach Adam Gaze's comments on Hurricane Irma and its impact on the team. Also, in response to yesterday's case against the team show, today I make the case for why this Miami Dolphins team will excel. But first, I have to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Tuned In, or wherever you get your podcast from. Drop me a five-star rating, write me a nice review. That really helps the podcast out. Get out to more Dolphins fans. Helps me, helps you, helps everybody. And don't forget to check out the Locked On Sports family of podcasts, including the Locked On NFL podcast and Locked On Heat podcast for national and local coverage of your favorite teams. Lastly, follow me on Twitter at WingfieldNFL. Check out my website, thirdand10.com. Right now, the week one quarterback recap is up and live, and it is a lot of work and about 3,000 words worth of scouting notes, GIFs, grades, third down grades, everything you can want from the weekend's quarterback performances. No Jay Cutler, obviously, but go check that out. Looking back at week one and getting a jump start on week two for the NFL season as the Dolphins will be playing this week against the Los Angeles Chargers in L.A. And the Dolphins will practice in Oxnard, California at the Dallas Cowboys facility. And it's really pretty crazy to see how much has to go into a team moving and, and relocating and getting everything down there. I mean, you have everything from equipment staff personnel staff, front office staff, the team obviously, coaching staff. It's It's such a team effort and such a massive overhaul to get things down there from moving weights to equipment. I mean, it's just, it's really pretty crazy, but good on the Cowboys for lending the Dolphins their facility and allowing them to practice there while they get ready for their first game of the season against the Chargers. And if you saw the Chargers on Monday night, pretty crazy game they had there. I was pretty certain we were going to get overtime, which would have really played into the Dolphins' favor in terms of the Chargers coming off of a lengthy game with a lot of snaps and they actually were on the field for 69 snaps on defense, which isn't a lot, but it's more than some teams were this weekend. The average was probably right around 60 or 65 or so for NFL teams. But the Chargers were up on defense for a lot of running plays, which is good news in terms of kind of wearing their legs down and getting that conditioning back to what it was, especially coming off of a short week. But if you saw the game, they struggled early. The defense had a really tough time with the run, and the offensive line had a really tough time protecting Phillip Rivers. We will get into a lot more of that on tomorrow's show with the film review. It's going to be all about the game, what expectations and predictions and all that good stuff for the Sunday game in Los Angeles at 4.05 Eastern Time, 105 out here on the West Coast. Dolphins at Chargers, game number one, week number two. The thing I wanted to get into next was a comment I read 
from Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald from Adam Gaze talking about you know, kind of the difficulties I mentioned in terms of getting everyone in, in the same place and, and dealing with all this, you know, non-football stuff in terms of the hurricane and what it's done to Miami and the postponing of the schedule. And it, it forced the Dolphins and Bucks to obviously push that game back and start the season this week. And here's Adam Gaze's quote in terms of how does he feel like the hurricane will impact him. He says, quote, I don't want to hear it. Salguero notes that his voice is filling with passion that it didn't have just a moment ago. Quote again, that's not an excuse. I'm not going to make any excuses. My guys are not going to make excuses. We'll make our own bye week. We'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. We're not going to cry about stuff like that when we have people down here that don't know if they have a house anymore or a million other things going on because of a hurricane. You know what? The 1992 Dolphins got hit by a hurricane. They didn't have a bye. How did that go? End quote. And how that went was the Dolphins <laughs> actually climbed up to an AFC East Division title and went on to the AFC Championship game where they lost to the Buffalo Bills and Jim freaking Kelly once again as Dan Marino didn't get back to the big game. But it just goes to show that they had their bye week wiped out that season, went through the entire slate, and, and went on to you know go deep into the playoffs. I think this year if the Dolphins went to the AFC title game, you would not have any complaints with that regardless of the result of that game because getting back to the playoffs kind of seems like an accomplishment this year just with all the circumstance going against us. I mean, you think about it, you lose your quarterback, you know, you you have to skip your entire bye week, 16 straight games. There's just a lot of reasons for the Dolphins to make excuses. So it's good to see leadership take control of the situation and really kind of, you know, nip it in the bud before the Dolphins players and, and media and people allow it to get in and seep in and linger into the personality of the team and kind of become them because that would be pretty much the last thing you want to see is this team take on the personality of what was me and take everything, you know, blame outside circumstances for their lack of performance. And if you watched the all or nothing show last year on Amazon, Amazon's all or nothing season with the Los Angeles Rams, it's a fantastic program. Couldn't recommend it enough, but you see Jeff Fisher in that program and he was, I mean, <laughs> We all know what Jeff Fisher kind of stands for and kind of what kind of coach he is. And it's been well documented what his shortcomings were, especially that last year in L.A. where he didn't even know some of the scouting, the players he was scouting on the other team. He was dropping the wrong names for guys on that team. But he had to go through something very similar where the team moved from St. Louis down to, I think it was San Diego for practice, then up to Los Angeles. I mean, there was moves every few months for that team. And he kept on saying, we're not going to make excuses for it. But he kept on bringing it up which in itself is kind of an excuse and then that was his mantra for the entire offseason then once the season came around it was like well this is an excuse he kind of said you know we we can lean on this and say that was tough it wasn't really fair but I just get the sense from Adam Gaze that that stuff is not going to fly with him I mean he kind of made that pretty clear in that quote it's not going to fly so I'm really excited about the Dolphins leadership and what he means I mean this guy really has never said anything to turn me off from the from his regime. It's just it's been a constant message the entire way throughout. You don't have that waffling Joe Philbin that's kind of eh, don't really know what's going on type of type of, you know, milk toast attitude and speech that he gives to the media. It's just a straightforward, concise and clear message that Adam Gase delivers and I think you have to be really excited about that. You are listening to the Locked On Dolphins podcast. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Fins. You can follow me personally at Wingfield NFL. And we have a very, very exciting partnership to announce here at the Locked On family of podcast network. And we'll be back with that right after this. Today's show is sponsored by Talkspace, the online therapy company. For a fraction of the price of traditional therapy, you can pick an experienced, licensed therapist you relate to and feel comfortable with. Each and every therapist has at least a master's degree and has completed over 3,000 hours of supervised work. 
To match with your perfect therapist, go to Talkspace.com forward slash boom. And to show your support for this podcast, use code boom to get $30 off your first month. That's boom. Talkspace.com slash boom. B-O-O-M. All right. I mentioned a exciting partnership that we're announcing here at Locked On Sports Podcast and Locked On Dolphins Podcast. I would have to imagine if you're listening to this, if you're into following football media enough, you know by now what Pro Football Focus is. Pro Football Focus is a player grades website. They have a complete staff that watches every game. They take down snap counts, positional ranks, fantasy projections, rankings, tools, charts, NFL draft coverage with PFF profile and stats, PFF fantasy, NFL draft articles, team and player pages featuring PFF stats, everything you could want in football coverage in terms of kind of the analytics side of it. And what that means for you, the listener, PFF is giving away one Edge subscription per show per week. It's a $40 value. And how do you get in on that? The way you get in on that is you go down to iTunes and write me a nice little review right now, and we will choose one from one of the shows across the Lockdown Podcast Network from each week, and we'll choose a random winner that left reviews, and you can go ahead and win yourself a free PFF Edge subscription. That's pro football focus, grading players. It's revolutionary. If you watch the Sunday night games on NBC, they actually show those grades and rankings on their on the starting lineups before the game. So it's very much NFL involved. The website has grown huge. I've been using it for a long, long time. Their signature stats are incredible. Their game grades are awesome. It's a must-have for any football fan. So a $40 value for free. If you just go on to the iTunes reviews on the Locked On Dolphins podcast and write me a nice review, you could be chosen at random for a free Pro Football Focus Edge subscription. And speaking of reviews, we do have a new one here coming in from Jason Guff. That's Jason G-U-F. Very informative for a Dolphins fan. Great breakdowns. Short, sweet, and to the point. That's what I'm here for, Jason. I'm glad you're a fan of the show. Thank you for writing it, writing in. And like I said, if you guys go ahead and write me a review, leave me a five-star rating. We can get you in for the drawing for the free PFF Edge subscription. All right, guys. So I talked about on yesterday's show the case against the Dolphins and the lack of depth and the things that could go wrong this season. And I think I've just kind of been conditioned that way because when I was growing up, when I was younger... I mean, when I was 15 years old, that was half my life ago. I'm 30 years old now. When I was 15 years old, my backyard was painted with a Miami Dolphins logo in the middle of a football field. My friends and I had a football league that we ran, and it was very serious stuff. I've always loved this team more than I've loved just about anything else. I mean, they're right up there at the top of my priority list. I I just, I love this team. I was a homer for a long time. I always bought in. I thought John Beck was going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. Chad Henney, I eventually came around on him, even though I didn't like him at first. Jay Fiedler was my guy. I mean, Ricky Williams was my hero. It, it, It just, I was such a homer. I was a kid. I was impressionable. I was naive. I was young. I was used to the Dolphins being good back then. So I always thought that was going to be the case. I used to even go on my whiteboard that I still have to this day and write out the playoff brackets. And I was like, Mom, the Dolphins can actually go to the Super Bowl this year. They just beat this team. And I was like, I was so excited about everything. But I think this team has a way of kind of ruining your youthful optimism, if you will, your youthful homerism. And they've kind of done that to me in in a way. And you know, only going to the playoffs twice over the last 17 years. I'm also a Seattle Mariners fan living out here in, in the Pacific Northwest, so I haven't seen my teams win a playoff game in a combined 34 years if you go back to the Dolphins' last playoff win over the Indianapolis Colts. So I, I've i just I've gotten to the point to where I have to see it first, and I hate that I am now that curmudgeon because I used to see that on message boards and Dolphins fans around that would say the same thing. It always kind of rubbed me the wrong way, but now that's kind of me, and I get it. I mean, that's... That's what this team has done to us. But 
There are reasons for optimism this year. I talked about Coach Gaze, and that's what I'm going to get into here first, the case for the Dolphins and why they'll be a successful football team in 2017. And it starts at the top. And I talked, I've talked about it all the time. I've never said anything bad about the guy. I've tweeted about him a million times, how much I love him. I just think Adam Gaze is finally, finally the coach, the man to lead this team that we have been looking for. And he proved it last year. He proves it with the way he talks. He proved it by the way players around the league and some some icons, some legendary players talked about him. I mean, Peyton Manning, for one, said some just the most glowing things about him you can imagine when he first got hired here. So when you have someone like that in charge, it's easier to buy into what they're selling because coaching is so important around the league. I mean, Bill Belichick, is hate the guy as much as you want, talk about the cheating, but the fact of the matter is, is that he is always one step ahead of the competition in terms of trying to find a way to get an edge up. I remember when they moved the the touchback to the 25-yard line. Belichick was talking about how he could have his kickers pooch it down to the goal line or in that area, and they were they would get down there five yards quicker and cover the kick, and if they had a good special teams group, they would stop them before the 20-yard line. It's just small things like that. The playoff game against the Baltimore Ravens back in 2014, I want to say it was, when they hit him with those those awkward formations where the linemen would split out and they would put receivers in on the line of scrimmage that were eligible. They just had The Ravens had no answer for it. The The Patriots just always find ways to be ahead of the competition. And I kind of see the same things, similar qualities in Adam Gaze. And that's why I'm really excited about him, what he can do. I think that last year was a good testament to his ability with the way that they handled injuries and a depleted roster. So if my worst case that I mentioned on last show, where all these injuries do pile up and occur, you can lean on that experience from last year from Adam Gaze pulling guys off the street, Bakari Rambo, for instance, and getting them to perform at a level that was just good enough, I guess, to get into the playoffs. Not good enough to be great, but good enough to be pretty good. So Adam Gaze, number one reason for optimism, and that's the most important one. Just remember that. I'm not trying to be pessimistic because that is very important, and that alone to me is worth eight wins no matter what happens to this roster. So that's kind of worst case scenario, eight and eight, in my opinion, seven and nine could be a possibility too. But another case for the Dolphins is the offense. I talked about, you know, positions of weakness on the offensive line. Well, if those tackles do stay healthy and you get a Mike Pouncey for, I don't know, 12 games, whatever he can play this year, and you get guys like Jesse Davis or even Anthony Steen, I guess is going to start at left guard. If they can elevate their game a little bit, if Jermon Bushrod can be healthy, that offensive line can, can get it done if they're healthy. And then you have, in my opinion, the best skill group in the entire National Football League. I'll take Jarvis Landry, Devontae Parker, Kenny Stills, and Jay Ajayi over any four of, you know, a combination of three running backs, one or three receivers, one running back. I will take that foursome over anyone in the NFL. It's the best. Ajayi is the best at breaking tackles and making yards after contact and creating his own yardage. Landry is the best slot man in the league. Kenny Stills is one of the premier deep threats in the league. Devontae Parker is supposed to be the next A.J. Green. I mean, there's just so much talent on this offense, and you can really see them exploding for, you know, 28, 29, 30 points per game this year and just beating teams in shootouts every week. So that's reason number two. Reason number three, the complementary style of football the Dolphins could use with that high-powered offense, that high-octane offense with new trigger man Jay Cutler. As long as he prevents the turnovers, they can get to some big leads, and then they can unleash that pass rush NASCAR package that they have built and which has been built very well and constructed very nicely. Cameron Wake is a premier pass rusher. We don't got to go into him. I don't got to worry about him ever. As long as he's healthy, he is going to produce and get pressure on the quarterback. 
Will Hayes is brought in here to defend the run a little bit, but he can also rush the passer a little bit. And Donald can sue. You all know what he can do. No need to talk about that. Devon Godshow has some good pass rush ability. You bring Andre Branch back. You have Charles Harris into the fold. I mean, this defensive end group can really get after the quarterback. Maybe some new blitz packages from Matt Burke and sending Lawrence Timmons on some funky stuff. And he's a great blitzer too. So that pass rush is a complement to the high-flying offense of the Dolphins. And that's that's what you need. You know, teams that can run the ball, they have to have stout defenses that can really control the clock and get defenses worn down. And that's kind of what the Dolphins can do with Ajayi too. You get a big lead, you unleash that pass rush, and then you turn it over to a guy that nobody wants to tackle after they've been playing for 30, you know, 45, 50 minutes of a game and tackling him all day. You don't want to tackle that guy for the 25th time. It, it sucks. He's, he's a load to bring down. So a good complimentary football team is a reason number three in that pass rush in the running game in the high-octane offense. Reason number four, and this is the last one I have for you guys, is the ability to generate turnovers on defense. And I mentioned the pass rush, you can get some strip sacks, but there are some playmakers in the secondary capable of getting their hands on footballs. That's why it kind of sucks to see Tony Lippett go down because he was a great interceptor of the football, and that's what this team needs. They're going to give up yards, they're going to give up points, but big turnovers kind of like the 2009 New Orleans Saints, is what you can see this team's formula for winning games. They're not going to go three and out every series. They're going to kind of back off and let teams you know, make mistakes and come to them. And with Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald, you know, Xavier Howard showed a penchant for getting the football this preseason. I think there's a good opportunity to get some turnovers, some takeaways, put the offense in advantageous situations. And once you do that in those shootout games, you get a turnover, it really makes things tough on the opposing offense because all of a sudden now they're down two possessions instead of the one in the back and forth battle. And that just goes a very long way and kind of the way, like I mentioned, with Drew Brees and the Saints all those years ago. So this team, like I said, Adam Gaze, high-octane offense, complimentary football, takeaways on defense. That's the formula for success. I think it could be successful. That's what football's fun, man. We don't know. We'll see what happens. Just not quite sure what's going to be, but I do know this. We have a game coming up on Sunday against the Los Angeles Chargers just four days away. I cannot wait to get this thing going. Like I mentioned earlier, we're going to have a a new format or I guess a new schedule for the show. Monday is the reactionary show. No film, just five takeaways from the game on Sunday. Tuesday, random news and notes. Wednesday, coaches film uh, comes out. So a coaches film review of the game from Sunday. So next Wednesday, next time this week or this week, next time I'll be talking about the Los Angeles Chargers game and a film breakdown. And then Thursday is the upcoming game preview. So a film breakdown of the New York Jets will be next Thursday. And then tomorrow will be the film review or film preview, I should say, of the Los Angeles Chargers. Guys, that's going to do it for today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a five-star rating and write us for a nice little review. Check out the other Locked On Sports podcasts for all your local and national coverage of your favorite teams. Follow me on Twitter, at WingfieldNFL, and check out 3rd10.com for the Week 1 quarterback recaps. I promise you will love that piece that I wrote for you guys there. Back tomorrow with another edition of the Locked On Dolphins podcast, your daily dose of Dolphins football. Fins up. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst. The list.